Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're listening to KOYT 97.1, Anza's own radio station. You're listening to The Castaway Show. I'm Dave Dolan, and I'm here to give you your latest fishing reports and information, talk some recipes, maybe a few tips, and on today's show, I might just change gears a little bit on you, too. So stay tuned and listen to this edition of The Castaway Fishing Show. Well, I hope everybody out there had a good holiday period, a good Christmas, and now that we're into our new year, hope everything's looking up for every for all of you out there. Let's go into our fishing report. Well, we are in the middle of winter right now, even though you can't tell it by the weather we've had here. It's been a really dry one so far. I hope that turns around soon because that water always does our lakes a lot of good. So thinking about the fresh water, the word right now is trout fishing. Taking a look at our local lakes, Diamond Valley Lake down the hill on the west side, on January 4th, they're scheduled for a trout plant of 3,500 pounds. Now, the word I've got down at Diamond Valley is that they're only going to do one trout stalk a month, but it's going to be a mega big one like this one at 3,500 pounds. So if they stay on a regular schedule, I'd look for around the first of the month for those big trout plants. Down on the desert side of the hill, Lake Cahuilla, they're planting every two weeks. They last planted on January 3rd, so that means on the 17th there'll be another trout plant. And um, they will keep up a real regular trout planting schedule like that until the water gets too warm sometime this spring. The uh, trout fishing at these two places, it's, it's just your basic, your doe baits, your uh, mouse tails, spinner baits. Just your basic uh, trout baits seem to be working real good on those, on those uh, trout plants. Down San Diego Way, they've been having some really good trout fishing down in North San Diego County that's easy access for us. Dixon Lake, which is just outside of Escondido, they've been having excellent fishing there. They had some real mega plants through December, January, and it doesn't seem to matter which day of the week you show up there. They're catching a lot of fish. Lake Wolford, also out of Escondido, they're receiving another big trout plant. I remember in December they put in, I think it was like 6,500 pounds of trout. Well, on uh, January 4th, they're scheduled for another 3,000-pound trout plant. I don't have a report out of Lake Cuyamaca down there. I know they're on a regular trout planting schedule. They have been hammered pretty hard by winds down there, like we have up here in um, Anza. But um, I imagine that whenever the weather cooperates, you're going to have some pretty good fishing. Lake Hammett, I don't know what to say about that. They still haven't had a trout plant there since October 3rd. Now, this lake is right in our backyard. I'm really kind of disappointed in this because it's such a pretty mountain setting to go fishing there. But um, one word I heard is that the Department of Fish and Wildlife only has so many trout allotted to plant during the course of the season. And since all the lower elevation lakes are getting their trout right now, that piece of the pie of the trout plants that's a lot of Lake Hemet, maybe they'll be putting them, those trout in later in the season, like late spring, maybe into summer. So let's just hope that holds true so that that'll extend our trout fishing season. Looking at the um, Lake Skinner, actually they've had a really good bite on the striped bass down there. 
The word I hear is that if you have a boat and you can go to the buoy line up there by the dam or the inlet where the water's coming in there off to the north side of the dam, that it's just thick with striped bass in there. Using bait, it's uh, best to have sardines or anchovies. If they're frozen, let them thaw out a little bit. And I've heard that it's um, they're just thick in there. Uh, smaller ones are really thick in there. And it's really a good place where if you can get a kid out there, he can have some real lot of fun out there catching those smaller stripers. I'm talking, you know, little one, two pounders. Over at Diamond Valley Lake, they've been doing really good on the striped bass. Of course, with all those trout they've been putting in the lake, that's just like little cookies for those big striped bass. It's really turned on the bite. I know the largest striped bass there, there was a reported 10-pounder caught there. The word is that if you want to go for the smaller ones, use the bait, the anchovy, sardines. But the guys getting the bigger ones, those 8 and up to 10-pound size, they're using what's called the AC plug, and they're trolling. These AC plugs, they look like little trout. What a coincidence. So... Looking at the saltwater scene out of the local landing, San Diego, Mission Bay, Oceanside, and Dana Point, that phenomenal bite we had on the bluefin tuna out of the 60-mile bank, it's really dramatically slowed down here in the recent week, but it was good right up through January 1st. In fact, they went out with a real bang. I know there was a boat out of the San Diego landings that went out there, I think it was on December 30th, went out the 60-mile bank, they caught their limit on bluefin tuna, and then on the way back in, they caught 107 yellowtail. Boy, that's some kind of fishing for December. They are getting some larger bluefin tuna on two-day trips, going quite a ways down south. Now, these are just kind of a roll of the dice, as some of the boats have done really well on big fish. I'm talking over 100 pounders, but you could strike out on these too. So if you got the time and the money to spend, it's, it'd be worth a try, but um, it is kind of a roll of the dice. Okay, the one thing now, since the bluefin tuna have slowed down, I mean, let's face it, January, and we had tuna biting all the way through the holidays, that's, that's such a bonus. But since that has slowed down locally, the yellowtail have moved in and taken their place. Now, the yellowtail fishing has moved in just right off of Point Loma, just the half-day fishing boats have gone out there, and they've had days where they put over 100 yellowtail on the boat. That's a half-day trip. That's something you hope to have during the summertime fishing. And here it is January, and that's the kind of fishing they're having right now. I've got a friend of mine that went out on his own boat. He and another guy, they went out off the San Diego Point Loma area, and they caught, within one hour, they both caught their limits of yellowtail, these were 12 to 18 pounders. They caught them on the surface, surface, lang, surface lures. Boy, this is just phenomenal fishing they're having for this time of year. So we do have a lot of options out there. We've got our trout fishing on our local lakes. I told you about the ones that are stalking real good. Maybe good to even look down like in northern San Diego County. I'd, I'd sneak in there, down there to Dixon or Lake Wolford. Seems like they've been getting the most trout on the plants. And... Striped bass fishing down there at Skinner, Diamond Valley. And you can go out and catch some yellowtail, even on the half-day boats, right out of San Diego. I'd say that's pretty good fishing for January. Well, before I go into today's show, I'd like to remind all of you out there about a really good show to take in. Saturday night's 8 o'clock, The Rock Show with John McVoy. 
If you like classic rock music as much as I do, this is a good radio show to listen to. So try that on Saturday night, 8 o'clock, The Rock Show with John McVoy. Now, at the start of today's show, I told you I was going to change gears a little bit. Well, I'm going to do that. Instead of calling this The Castaway Show, let's call this The Blastaway Show. I'm going to talk about hunting on this show. I just did a hunt this last fall that was so much fun. I really loaded up on a lot of good meat. Now, I know that in California, it seems like we're kind of limited a little bit on a lot of our hunting. We're seeing more and more areas getting shut down because of urban encroachment, short seasons, and it just seems to be getting a lot harder to get out there. Well, there's a type of hunting that we have in this state. Let me tell you, it's open all year long. There's no limit. The tags for it are still relatively cheap, and it's really right here in our own backyard. I'm talking about hog hunting. That's for wild boar. Now, most of this hunt is located on private lands in California, and you go with a guide. They'll put you on the hogs. I guess it's still available on some of the public lands, but I've always just paid the price, and I've gone with a really good guide that I have. Now, the hogs, they are mainly along the coast range of California. The biggest concentration of them would be between, um, well, along San Luis Obispo County on up to Monterey County. I've hunted both of those areas, and I've done really well both times. However, hogs are very prolific. They're now even in San Diego County. The way that got started down there is the Barona Indian Reservation up there, just north of El Capitan, west of Julian. I guess somebody up there let a few hogs go, some of their domestic pigs. Well, it only takes about three generations for a domestic pig to turn into wild hogs. Instead of being that kind of fat porker look, within three generations, these hogs will start growing the long fur on them. They get a snout and they get the razorback look on on their backbone. Once you see these wild pigs, they're, they're really quite a sight to see. They don't look anything like what you see on, on the old farm. Now, talking about farms, though, I do know that farmers, especially these ranchers on the coastal range, they don't like these wild pigs. The way they um, dig into the soil, they can damage crops, they don't like them at all. So they're more than glad to see you come in and hunt and get rid of them. Now, I've hunted these wild hogs in California, but I've also gone with my sons, and we have hunted wild hogs in Texas. Now, talk about something that's really proliferated. There are literally millions of wild hogs down in Texas. This is true all through the South. Texas, Florida, Georgia, there's large concentrations of wild hogs down there. So in California, where it's a little bit tougher to get in private lands and all, I found that um, down in Texas, those ranchers are really glad to have you come in and take care of the hogs. And they do it a lot cheaper than what you can get here in California, too. Now, the wild hogs that we have here in California, these descended from the uh, wild European boar hogs that were introduced into Monterey back in the 1920s. They kind of crossbred with the domestic pigs that were brought in by the early settlers to California back in the 1700s. Now, wherever hogs get in, they will just take over the area there. Now, I know that some people have talked about, you know, how big these hogs get, and there's been talks about, you know, Hogzilla. 
Well, there's a lot of stories there about how big they get, or well, and there's been some photo alterations out there too. But I do know that the largest hog ever documented was shot down in Georgia. This hog weighed in at 1,051 pounds. It was nine foot four inches long. Now that was a real hogzilla. Now in California, most of the hogs we see here, the average male will get up to around 200 pounds plus. The average female will be around 175 pounds plus. But I've seen them bigger than that. Now to hunt hogs here in California, it's mainly a spot and stock. Now this is a real contrast to the hunting in Texas. Um, the hunting in Texas, this is true for both the hogs, deer hunting. I wouldn't call it hunting. What they have down there, it's called shooting. Down in the hunts we did in Texas, both for deer and hogs, what they do is the guides, they set you up in a stand really close to a feeder, and they turn the feeder on, which sounds like the dinner bell ringing. The hogs, the deer come out, and you just shoot away. Well, now there's so many down there, I guess that, you know, they want to get rid of them. So it's a really good way to load up the cooler with a lot of, of meat, but um, it's not exactly hunting. It's more like just to shoot. Well, here in California, it's more of a spot and stock. Now, these hogs, they're a very nocturnal animal. You're not going to go out and hunt them during the day. You want to be out there in the morning before the sun comes up. And maybe that last night light at the end of the day as the sun goes down. During the, during the day, these hogs, they'll bed down in thick cover. You won't see them at all. So it's basically, it's a very early morning, late afternoon, early evening hunt. Now, the, you'll also, usually you'll find them. You'll get along their, their pathways. You got to remember, all animals need water. So usually around your water sources will be your best bet. Now, the hunts that I did here in California, we went on either ATVs or four-wheel drive trucks out on some of this uh, farmland on these private ranches. These ranches, I got to talk about them a little bit. The one that I go on, it's east of uh, Paso Robles. I've been going with the same guide for several years. I also hunted on a, a private ranch up around King City, up in Monterey County. The one uh, ranch in east of Paso Robles... I'll tell you, when we were out there uh, doing the spot and stalk, we saw elk, the tule elk, and I saw some big bulls in there too. A lot of deer. We saw antelope. We saw a lot of game birds, a lot of uh, pheasant, dove, chucker. It's really amazing that in urbanized California, we still have this really beautiful big sky country like you'll find anywhere else. So anyhow, on our hunt, we were out on our, we started out, well before the sun came up, and with my guide, they knew the country around there, just driving around on, on trails, kind of along the pass where we know these, these hogs like to migrate, and um, basically just taking a good look for them. I also want to say that um, these hogs, they're very tough animals. You're not out there with a 22 or a 223 to hunt these things. They're big, mean, and tough. In fact, my guide I went with, he carries a 45 with him, says if, he sh if I shoot one at short range and it only wounds the thing and it decides to charge us, he's not messing around. He's going to take the thing out. So talk a little bit about my hunt then that I just did this last fall. We did get out you know, plenty early before sunrise. And um, after seeing a lot of the other wild game, 
we spotted up on the hillside. I asked the guy, I said, what is that cattle? He said, no, that's what we're looking for, hogs. So we glassed them out. We had two really big boars in there. We had a sow and then probably about 10 little piglets with them. So now these hogs, they have very poor eyesight, but they've got very good hearing and they've got a very good sense of smell. So if you're upwind from them or if you make a lot of noise, you're going to spook them and they're going to go running. So my guide set me up. We did a real stealthy stalk. We got behind some brush to where we were still really well hidden. And at about 175 yards, I had the boar I wanted. We uh, waited till he turned just right. I took my shot and I hit him. Of course, I said they're very tough animals. This thing took off on us. We knew he was wounded, but it spooked him and the other boar, the sow, and all the piglets. They went running. Now, this was a real run-and-gun hunt. These hogs can run 30 miles an hour. So we made a quick run up to, it's kind of hard to describe, but up to the hill where they were going, around the backside where we knew where they were going to come down. And then at a little closer range, this hog came through and I downed him. My guide said, hey, look, you got two tags. Let's get the other one. So we made another quick run up the other hill. And as we saw the hogs go down, this other boar, I went ahead and it took Missed him on the first shot, but on the second one, I dropped him in his tracks. Well, the fun part started now. We had to retrieve these hogs. We couldn't drive all the way to them. And both of these hogs weighed over 300 pounds. They were both trophies. I was, <laughs> I was just stoked. My uh, guide told me that some people come up there the entire season, never see a trophy, much less get one. And here, back to back, I got these two trophy hogs. It was such a rush. I just really, it was just a crown gem of my, some of my hunting experience. I want to talk a little bit about these wild hogs, what you do with them after you get them. This is prime meat you're going to get off these hogs. It does not get any more organic than this, this meat. The uh, meat on these wild hogs, it's a little bit darker than regular pork, but it's, I find that to taste it, it's a little bit sweeter too. These hogs have been feeding on barley fields the whole summer, so they've been eating the really good good stuff for to make them taste good. These hogs, even though they weighed 300 pounds, they're very lean. There's no bacon. There's no fatty pork chops on these things. Also, I did some research on the meat. It's very low cholesterol. It's high protein. It's high in the monosaturated fats that you want. So this is prime meat that you're going to eat off these things. Now, in Europe, there are a lot of wild boar over there. This wild boar meat, it's considered a prime delicacy over in, in Europe, especially in Germany. It's probably some of the most expensive meat you can buy over there. In fact, one of the prime um, delicacy meats you can buy in delicatessens around here is called boar's head, simply because the boar is such a prime, prime meat to eat. So I took the, you know, we field dressed the hogs, took them down to the local uh, meat processor down there. I've got a good one in the area there. And, oh, about a week or so later, I got a delivery. And, oh, boy, we're, I am just so loaded up with pork right now. Also, another thing I did with this is um, I took the skulls, well, the heads of these two boars, and I processed out the skulls. I did a European mount with them. 
that basically that's just getting all the meat, everything off it to where it's nothing but the skull. These things both have tusks on them that are over three inches long. You can tell why you don't want to have one of these things charge you. They can really put a hurt on you. But they turned out, the skull mounts turned out really good. I'll be putting them on a pedestal. And um, maybe it's not for everybody's living room, but I think they look really cool. So anyhow, that's just a little bit about the hunting opportunity we have here in California for the wild hogs. So I do have some guides. If you ever wanted to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at the uh, radio station here. 951-763-COYOTE, that's 763-5698. And I can put you in touch with some good guides that'll put you on some hogs. It's really quite an experience, and it's one that we have so relatively close here in Southern California. I just really enjoy this wild hog hunt. Okay, I've got my tip here for this show. Now, I mentioned earlier about hog hunting, that hog heaven here in California, if you get into the right places for it. The really nice thing about hog hunting, well, I mentioned like um, deer hunting, you got a short season by zone. There's so many um, limitations on it. The nice thing about hog hunting, this is all year long and there's no limit on the hogs either. So that's a real advantage that we have any time of year you want to go out and do this. However, you do have to get your hog tags these tags, I remember a few years ago, you would get five tags for $10 and change. Well, now those tags have gone up to, I think, $22 each. So the state had to get in there and make some money off of them. But still, that's relatively cheap to get a tag for them. But also, before you go hunting, if you're new to this or want to get into the sport, before you can get a hunting license, you have to take a hunter safety course. You can look up on the internet to see where these are offered. A lot of um, shooting clubs, gun clubs, sport, um, sporting goods places. You can find out there where you can take your hunter safe, safety course. You need to have this to get your license and to renew it. You have to have that in hand. I'm pretty sure this holds true in other states too. The nice thing about the hunter safety course, it isn't just about gun safety, which is the ultimate of importance. A good part of the hunter safety course is about wildlife conservation, about limits, things that we do to preserve the resource. One thing I always like to tell people is, you know, they say, oh, geez, you're hunting or you're fishing, you're destroying the wildlife. No, we're not. There's an excise tax put on hunting equipment, fishing equipment, ammunition. This excise tax goes directly into wildlife conservation. So if anybody says that we're hurting the resource, you let them know that hunters and fishermen are leading with their pocketbooks. So that's just my tip for this is um, if you want to take up hunting, this hog hunting is a good way to go since you're not limited by the time of year or even number you can get. But it's a good idea. Take that hunter safety course. You'll need to do it before you can get your license. Okay, after my hunt that I did on this hog hunting, I went to the local meat processor up in the area, and he cut it up for me, got a lot of nice loins, steaks out of it, and he ground up a lot of the pork. Now, a lot of it he just kept as ground pork. This is so good. We've used it in enchiladas, tacos, anywhere where you would use ground beef. I've used this ground pork. One thing I had him do is some of this ground pork, he made breakfast sausage out of it. He put in kind of a mild seasoning. I guess it was a real secret of the house. I really enjoy it. It's really great 
breakfast sausage. But I like this ground pork so much as breakfast sausage, I'm doing some of it myself. Now, there's a lot of commercial brand seasonings you can get. You can get anything from spicy jalapeno to Italian to a mild. So I've bought some of these seasonings, and a lot of this ground pork, I'm just going to make into breakfast sausage. So that would be my cooking tip is to, um, if you're lucky enough to get some wild pork, ground pork, is season it up and use it as a breakfast sausage. My cooking tip on it is if you're using this wild hog, as I said, this meat is extremely lean. It isn't like bacon where you're pouring a lot of fat off it or, you know, Farmer John sausage where you're getting lots of fat. This is so lean, you'll want to cook it slow so that you don't burn it. But this is some of the healthiest organic meat you can get. And um, I said, I use it in, you know, tacos, enchiladas, your breakfast sausages. The loins are very good. And we get a lot of nice pork steaks out of it too. So that's an incentive to take up this hog hunting. You're going to get a lot of meat out of it. Well, I've enjoyed bringing this show to you today changing it to blast away from castaway the hunting show well i do know that if you like to go fishing you'll probably enjoy hunting too you enjoy that great outdoors so it was kind of fun to, to change it up a little bit i also like to remind you once again about the rock show with john mcvoy saturday nights at eight if you love classic rock music as much as i do it's a great show to listen to well anyhow next time around we'll get back to fishing and there'll be a lot more to talk about here Uh, KOYT 97.1 at the Castaway Show.